Hey friends, and welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I'm your host, Ren, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week, I get to chat with a friend who has a story to tell, a dream she's pursuing, or a passion to share with you. This week, my guest is Dondra. Dondra is a dear friend who is married to Eric with two girls. Madeline is 19 in college and Ellington is two. Yes, you heard me correctly. I am so excited to talk to Dondra as she shares her story with you. In fact, there was so much goodness, I had to split it into two parts. So here is part one when I chat with Dondra. Okay, welcome to the podcast, Dondra. Hi, thanks for having me. Yes, we have been trying to do this for a while and it's been... My fault, totally. But I'm so glad that you're here, or that I'm here in your house. It's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so (laughs) introduce yourself for us. Tell us about your family and your life and that stuff. Um, My name is Dondra, and I am married to Eric. We've been married for 20 years. And then we have two girls, our oldest is um, Madeline. She's 19 and a freshman in college. And our youngest is two (laughs) years old. Yes, you heard that correctly. Um, And her name is Ellington, and she is our sweet little blessing. So um, Mm. anyway, that's my little family. Okay, you have dog that's underneath us at the moment. Heavens help us. And he is, she is, excuse me, she She is precious. She's real sweet. This is Louise. (laughs) She is our five-month-old, 50-pound golden doodle puppy, which was Madeline's Christmas slash birthday gift this year. Madeline's birthday is Christmas Day, and so mm. this is her sweet little gift. And um, having sweet. she is sweet, but having a puppy and a toddler is not for the faint of heart. Mm. But no, ma'am. You know what? Life is short, so why not? <laughs> why not? And then I like where my eye. I'm seeing a cat go upstairs. It's a circus so, around okay. here. We have two cats. <laughs> that one is Annabelle. We got Annabelle when Madeline was four. Oh my goodness! So she's. She's mm. old. She's an old girl. Part of family. Mm-hmm. So let's hope Louise doesn't see her or she will start chasing and barking her. <laughs> and then we have Pippa, our little rag doll cat, oh, yeah. who is a beauty, um, but she's a, she's a little diva. She runs mm. the house. So, um, yeah. anyway. Well, Pippa, I mean, is that after Pippa Middleton? Kind, I mean, kind Kinda. of, because it was right after, like, Kate got married okay. and I heard the name. Okay. and. All right. Anyway, so that's just kind of what happened. She's our sweet little Pippa. Okay, so that's you. That's me. That's you. Me and my crazy world. (laughs) All right, well, let me talk about how, let's talk about how we met. Yes. I um, remember meeting you when I was teaching, and um, two of our campuses at our school combined, and you were the administrative assistant for the principal. Yeah. And you were the front desk girl. And oh, I nice. would sit there and talk to you. I could have sat there and talked to you all day. So I was like, mm, get to work, Ren, get to work. We're both chatters. But, yes, so that, we chat. And yeah. then a couple years later, you got to be, or yeah, a couple years mm-hmm. later, you got to be in the classroom. And then the year after that, I got to be in the classroom with you, and we worked together and taught junior kindergarten yes. together. Such it was sweet times. So sweet and so therapeutic for me. Yes. <laughs> I think you were Absolutely. my therapy for sure because no. we would talk and you would walk me through things when I was mm. a mom that had to leave her baby with a sitter and had to go back to work for a couple years. And you were there through that time. And then you were there when we were struggling with secondary for infertility. And then you were there when the joyful 
announcement came when I was able to stay home with my baby, my two-year-old boy. So, And then was, I followed right behind you. And you followed me <laughs> right behind that. And started staying home, adop- too. With your adoption the next year. So mm-hmm. um, that's kind of how we met. So Absolutely. your sweetheart. Your sweetheart. Mm-hmm. So, Sweet friend. Um, so let's kind of jump right in. Y'all were newly married. Y'all had Madeline. And after that, how soon after you had Madeline... Did you desire to have a second baby? Well, <clears throat> honestly, I was ready to have more children very soon after Madeline. Mm-hmm. It just, my heart's desire has been to be a mama since I was little bitty. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was ready much sooner than my husband was. <laughs> he just was enjoying Madeline and just didn't want to miss any time with her by being distracted with the little one, which I totally understood. So um, I just kind of waited on him to be ready. Mm -hmm. And um, when Madeline was turning three, um, he was like, you know, I think it's it's a good time. Mm -hmm. You know, she's getting older. So let's start trying again. Okay. And for some reason... I just had this feeling it wasn't going to be as easy mm. as it was with Madeline. We weren't trying. She was a sweet surprise. And um, I just had this weird feeling. And so anyway, I just like, okay, let's get going. So okay. we started trying mm-hmm. and um, had trouble. And mm-hmm. I guess probably after six months or so, talked to the doctor, knew I wasn't really ovulating well, just the typical sort of mm-hmm. hormonal issues that you know, a lot of people deal with exactly. Right, and so um, we uh, she did testing and found out yes, you're not ovulating properly, and started Clomid and got pregnant like two or three months on Clomid, and unfortunately had a miscarriage at about mm, ten weeks. Mm. Um, with that pregnancy, um, we told Madeline mm. that she was going to be a big sister. She had been praying to be a big sister mm. since she was right around three, which is, I think, kind of what pushed Eric to start wanting it, because at night she was praying for a baby brother or sister. Uh And And so at this time, how old was she when you had the miscarriage? uh, Four. Okay. I had the miscarriage. Well, I found out that the baby's heart had stopped the day after Madeline's fourth birthday. Mm. And um, the way we told her is we got her a little big sister Mm t-shirt for her to open at her birthday party. And looking back, you know, I wish we would have waited. But on the flip side, I know God has used that in her in her life. But right. Anyway, um, so you know that happened, and that was extremely hard. Um, I really didn't know many people at that point that had had a miscarriage, and mm-hmm. so it was kind of isolating and feeling a little bit alone mm-hmm. when you're trying to sort through all that, and mm-hmm. then trying to sort through it with a four year old. You know, it was hard, but... Did you ever feel bad, badly, that you felt that way even though you had a child? Oh, yes. Mm. Yes. Because, you know, you feel like, well, I have one healthy child and some people have none. Mm. And I so strongly desire more children, you know, and I should... I should just be content. That's Mm. kind of, you know, in the Christian world, you hear, you know, just be content. Mm. But God placed a desire in my heart for more children for a reason. Absolutely. And, um... It took me a while to grasp that. Mm. So we continued on. It took us, I think it was two or three years Mm -hmm. to even conceive again. Wow. 
And that pregnancy started exactly like the last one did. And we unfortunately lost that baby the exact same way. Mm -hmm. Um, Through that process, they found out a bunch of health issues I had. And it was was one thing after another. Like Mm -hmm. through infertility testing, they found out I had a blood clotting disorder that was causing the miscarriages. And then they thought I had leukemia. I ended up at West Clinic and Mm -hmm. found out. Um, I don't absorb folic acid. I mean, it was just one thing after another. Wow. And I'm thinking, I'm young and healthy. Right. Like, I don't understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. And um, at one point, I was like, you know, I feel like the Lord's showing me I can conceive mm-hmm. if it's His will. Right. But for whatever reason, He's closing my womb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was hard because... Mm-hmm. I'd prayed many times, Lord, if this is not your will for my life, take the desire for more children away from me. Right. Just take it away. Because you still had the desire, but it wasn't It wasn't coming. happening. It was com- wasn't and, coming. I mean, we're talking, by this point, years. years, years. Madeline was what, eight or nine? Um, by that point, yeah, probably about eight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and through those seasons, we would just kind of take some time off because it's hard on the mm-hmm. marriage. Yes, um, yes. It's hard on the marriage. It's hard on your spiritual relationship. It's hard on the family. Mm -hmm. Um, Time flies because you're watching month to month Mm -hmm. to month Mm -hmm. with expectation and then Mm. hope and then disappointment. Mm -hmm. And so it's an emotional roller coaster, and and it's hard. Um, And so we would just take seasons off to just focus on other things um, besides just this desire to have more children. Right. And so... Time went on, and, um, you know, we saw doctors. There was really no specific reason mm. that we couldn't conceive in so many months. The doctor's like, oh, this is the month. Everything lines up. It looks great. Mm-hmm. But it just shows the doctors can do all they can do, but it ultimately is in the Lord's hands. Right. And so we just finally, at some point, I just said, I can't do this anymore. Mm. You know, I'm missing the life I have. Right. Um the Lord still had the desire for more children in my heart. I didn't mm-hmm. understand it, but I had to lay that at the cross and just um, move forward in mm-hmm. life because my my marriage was struggling, our family was struggling, Madeline was struggling spiritually. She didn't understand why um, she had this prayer. Us as a family had this prayer. She kept saying, "I feel like God's dangling dangling it in front of our face and ripping it away." Mm. And so we had spiritual battles we needed to face um, and things we needed to do. And, of course, knowing this side of the story, I now see he was pruning. He was doing a lot of work that needed to be done in all of our hearts before Mm. he really revealed um, the full path we were about to be walking. Mm. So you're going through all this. Are friends having more babies? Oh, yes. You're going to baby showers. You're Going to a bunco group. Mm -hmm. And one night, four mm. of them announced the same night they were pregnant. Wow. That that's hard. was hard. That's, that's rough stuff. Four. It was like, I'm pregnant. Oh, I'm pregnant. And then it's like, the, it all just like, started uh, snowballing, and I'm sitting there thinking, huh? are you kidding me? Uh-uh. And, you know, I wasn't even trying. And, and you're thinking, oh, my heavens. And, um... And those are your friends, so you care yes, about them. But yes. you're like, and I'm it's thrilled for them. Absolutely. But you think, it's Lord, just why that. not me? You yeah. know, yeah. Um, you know, but one of the prayers I had for myself through this whole whole process was always, Lord, don't make me desire this so much that I become bitter. I can't be happy for other people mm-hmm. because every child's a blessing, whether it's for yeah. me or someone else. Absolutely. And um, yeah. 
So I, I prayed that That's, constantly, mm. and the Lord honored that because mm. I was able to be happy for other people. Now, yeah. you know, like that night, that yeah. Bronco night, when I got in the car to drive home, I completely broke down. Right. Because— And how wouldn't you? We're all human. We're right, going to do that. Right. And it was, and it was just that desire still being there and like, Lord, you know, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. I hear these mm-hmm. women announcing this wonderful news, and I want to be okay with where I'm at, mm-hmm. but— mm-hmm. The desire for another child is so strong, and mm-hmm. I don't know that that's just for me, or is that like what I expected my life to look like, or, mm-hmm. um, you know, I just, I feel like it's from you. I feel like you put those desires in our hearts for a reason, and so right. would you please just honor that desire or take it away? And he never took it away. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, when you just <clears throat> said, why not me, I remember the time when I was really gut level honest with myself about infertility and have and wanting that second child. Mm-hmm. And I remember where we were, we were sitting in the parking lot at school and I and it was like it just came out and I was like, oh, I don't know why that just came out. And I remember saying to you, why not me? It was the same mm-hmm. words you just said mm-hmm. that I remember saying to you and you were like I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. And so even God using you years before in the same circumstance, but using you in my life mm-hmm. years later yeah. and saying the same <clears throat> words. And that's only God that can do that. And that can, that can, and I remember later I texted you, I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And you were like, don't be, this Absolutely. is your honest feelings. And it was the first time that I really had come to being super honest, gut-level honest about the pain I was feeling through infertility. Mm-hmm. And I just remember saying, why not me? Mm-hmm. So Because I, I feel like sometimes <clears throat> we aren't honest with how we're really feeling mm-hmm. because... Um, I know I wasn't, for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I just... I think you have to get to that point where you have someone that understands or that you trust. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our spouses are great, but sometimes... I feel like they don't fully get it well, at they're, times. They're it's, not women, and right. they're not in our shoes for sure. Right. I mean, and my for, husband, for real. you know, don't, don't misunderstand me. He was super supportive yeah, oh, and absolutely. super compassionate and understanding. Yes. But, you know, as women, we're the ones that bear children. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I feel like Satan also comes alongside and puts thoughts in your head mm-hmm. as in, you know, mm-hmm you feel like not as much of a woman and you want Mm. to give your husband this wonderful gift. And for whatever reason, no matter whose issue it is, Mm -hmm. you feel broken. Mm. And, um, and I think that is a tactic that Satan uses sometimes to distract us from whatever the Lord's teaching us through it. Because I've always said there is no pain without a purpose and there is pain through infertility, but I do believe God has a bigger purpose in that whether it's helping someone else further down the road mm-hmm. um, or whether he uses the infertility to lead you to a bigger blessing than you could have even imagined, which is what he did in our case. So tell me about that biggest blessing. <laughs> this is, okay, Madeline is now 16, 15? 15. 15. Okay. Madeline is 15. Okay, and years have gone by. You years. still have that desire. God has not taken that desire away. Not taken it away. Um, but we just kind of surrendered our family and just said, you know what, Lord, we're just going to be a family of three. And that's just what you have done. And we're just going to continue to pray you take the desire away. Well, 
he didn't, but we just kept pushing forward and living life. And um, all of a sudden, my husband writes me this long letter and said, I need you to be in a good frame of mind before you read this. Um, because there's some things in here that might shock you. And I'm thinking, oh, <laughs> oh no. my heavens, what is in this letter? What is in this letter? <laughs> but he had just had, I don't even know how to really describe it, but just this spiritual awakening. Hmm. Um, he was already a Christian, but it was, he went out of town for a trip and the Holy Spirit opened his eyes to stuff hmm. that I can't even explain. Wow. Um, it was a very special time um, in his life spiritually, and he felt the Lord calling us to adopt. And wow. that's what was in that letter. Wow. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? We have a 15-year-old. Like, why didn't you bring this up like 10 years ago? Are you kidding? I mean, and I have to say, I was like, oh, uh-uh, you know? Yeah. Mm-mm. And no. I'm um, out. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like, uh, no. And I remember at one point, this was many years before, um, it was probably right after our second miscarriage, and um, Eric and I were having a discussion, you know, like you do mm-hmm. very often yeah. when you're going through infertility stuff, and um, I was just really just kind of down in the dumps, and mm-hmm. we were talking, and one day he said, um, he said, well, honey, you know, do you want to be pregnant, or do you want another baby? Hmm. And that question kind of stopped me in my tracks because, I mean, I wanted another baby, mm-hmm. but I wanted the miracle of pregnancy too again. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, well, I mean, that's how you have another baby. Right. <laughs> um, but as time passed and looking back, I see that the Lord was starting to plant seeds of adoption in mm-hmm. our hearts. Mm-hmm. And we didn't really even know it yet. Mm. We had discussed it on and off, but adoption was, um, it was foreign to our family. We don't have anyone adopted in our family. Um, Didn't really, we thought, we didn't know a whole lot of people that had adopted. And the more we looked into this, um, God laid all kinds of people in our path who Mm. walked through adoption while he was laying it on our hearts. And um, those who had adopted and had grown children um, that were very close to us, and shared some of their stories, and um, that's awesome. But it, it was it was a year of me mm. struggling with the Lord, and I told Eric, I was like, I, I got to know that this is from the Lord, and that this, you know, like I said, I mean, our marriage struggled through this, mm. and I thought, is this just like a something that we're thinking is just going to be a band aid fix for everything? Mm. And um, I wanted to make sure that that's not the case; that mm-hmm. there is a plan that the Lord has that my husband feels very called to right? and a child that he's created for us. And Mm. I just had to know that from, from him. Mm. And so I told Eric, I was like, I'll pray about it, but that's all I can promise you. Yeah. And, um, and so he did, he completely backed off. We didn't talk about it. Um, I just spent a lot of time in prayer about mm-hmm. it because, mm-hmm. honestly, my life had gotten pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. I've got a child getting ready to drive, mm-hmm. be on her own. Mm-hmm. You had you, your independence. I had my independence. I worked part-time. I had a couple of days off. I could go to the gym. Yep. I could go to the grocery store. I could clean the house. Mm-hmm. I could go to go lunch with friends. friends. I don't have mm-hmm. to tote anybody along. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking, my life's just kind of gotten easy. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of have moved on from... The mindset of thinking we're going to have more children, and now I'm starting to embrace the new life right. that, that I, you have. That I have. Yeah. 
And um, which everybody would do. Which oh, everybody would yeah, be in your because shoes to it's, say. that's a transition time too when your children stop needing you as much. Mm. So anyway, the I just I just kind of surrendered my plans to the Lord and said, mm. you know what, Lord, I'm I'm laying the way I think my life should look at your feet. Mm. And um, if this is what you have for us, I need you to make it clear mm-hmm. because I need to know this is from you and not just from my husband because this is this is. This is something new for us, and it's mm-hmm. scary, and um, I just have to know you're in it. How did you know he was in it? He revealed it through his word, mm-hmm. through prayer. Um, I confided in a couple of people that I knew were huge prayer warriors. Um, I got to talk to people with some real raw questions who had adopted. Mm-hmm. Um, That's good. And I just said, I need you to be honest with me. Yeah. You know, this is where I'm at, and um, and they were— they were very sweet and said, you pray about the Lord will make it clear. Yeah. And, um, and he did. Mm. And he made it clear that the reason why he closed my womb, the reason why he had the desire in my heart is because he had created a child. Ex- Look, here I go. Mm. <laughs> Especially for us. Mm. And she was going to come a different way. And it ended up being... The biggest blessing in our life. Mm. But I had to surrender my plans mm. to his. And mm. our life was going to look very different than what the world said it should at that point. Mm. And, um, mm. and then he just gave me an excitement. Mm. An excitement about our life looking different. Mm. And um, what that could mean as it pointed to him. Mm. And I think everybody that witnessed that and witnessed y'all walking through it, it saw that, that this is this is not, you know, the norm, the typical. No, it's not. This is not what y'all had envisioned. And you said that. You said mm-hmm. this is not what we thought, but how precious and sweet to see y'all surrendered to the mm-hmm. Lord and say what you want, Lord. It's right. not what we want. Right. Your and will you know, be done. I cannot tell you how many times I said that, Lord, your will be done. Just mm-hmm. just point us and we'll walk. And and you know, we're not and you know in the Bible it says we're not we're supposed to be strangers to this world and aliens. Right. We are supposed to look different. Right. So if God calls you to this then how beautiful that is and that y'all surrendered yeah. yourself to him. Well and that was um and that was kind of ultimately what I, what I really felt the Lord showing me is through prayer and through scripture and through studies, <clears throat> he started bringing to mind things he had planted long ago that mm. I didn't even kind of put the puzzle pieces together. And um, one thing that he brought to mind that still sticks with me is um, when I was probably about six years old, we um, lived in this little neighborhood and had the sweetest little couple next to us that had infertility and struggled for a long time to have a baby. Mm-hmm. And they ended up having a little boy. And um, I will never forget being in my bed and seeing all these lights in the middle of the night. And um, their little baby had died of SIDS mm-hmm. after years and years of mm-hmm. trying. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, obviously it wasn't called SIDS back then. Right, right. Um, mm-hmm but just died in his sleep. Mm. And um, I remember as a six-year-old just questioning that with my parents and, mm. um, you know, obviously not fully understanding 
how long they had trapped. I remember us praying for, for them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then a few years later, they adopted a little girl from China. Mm-hmm. And I remember being obsessed with her, <laughs> the story, yep. um, where her first parents were, uh-huh. how they got her, how can we do that? Can we go get a little cause uh-huh. China baby girl? Because uh-huh. I wanted a sister, and God mm-hmm. gave me a little brother seven years um, after I was born. And I was always just obsessed yeah. with their little story. Yeah. Yeah. I love my brother. I'm glad God gave yeah. me a brother. But, um, you know, it. Looking back, he brought that to mind. Mm, wow. And I thought, That's huge. even then, as you know, a as a six-year-old, wow. you know, he was planting seeds mm-hmm. in my life that mm-hmm. I didn't even have any wow. idea of how they would resurface mm. many, many years later, 30 years later. <clears throat> so you have this peace, you know, it's, you've surrendered to the Lord. He's calling you to adopt. You go to an agency, you sign up, you do all your paperwork, you do the home visits, you do all of this work. Well, first we shock our family. That's a story oh, well, in yeah. itself. Well, yeah. because we got to go back. Back to that. Yeah, because um, we had decided that we were going to pray about this as a family mm-hmm. without much input from our extended family because mm-hmm. we know this is not going to make a whole lot of sense to people. Right, right. Um, and that we have to know the directions from the Lord and mm. just trust that He will do whatever He's going to do in their hearts. Right. Um, because I knew this was going to be kind of scary for them, too. They've seen us hurt. They've seen mm. us um, lost. And there's so many um, rumors and scary stories about adoption that I know mm. that their first reaction was going to be to protect our hearts. Mm. Um And so we just—once we knew this was what mm-hmm. the Lord was calling us to— mm-hmm. Um, we just kind of surprised them with it at Christmas mm. with a little postcard with a picture of me and Eric and Madeline <laughs> holding signs that says we are adopting and um, talk about, a sh- I know, a shock factor because, you know, I mean, we're very close with our families and for us to be making this sort of a decision without mm-hmm. them really knowing that we had been contemplating this was kind of shocking for them. Right. Years um, later. Years later, when they kind of thought that boat had sailed. And Madeline know? is 15 still at the Madeline's time, right? 15. She's 15. Mm-hmm. She just so. turned 15 uh-huh. when we decided to go for it. And um, How was the reaction? Was there any any naysayers? <coughs> Are there any, were there any naysayers? Not necessarily family, but anybody. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there were so many naysayers. Like, are you sure you know what you're doing? Oh, People no. try to share horror stories. With, oh, and you're thinking, no. <gasps> you know, and then oh. just people would tell them, are you crazy? And we're like, yeah, we are. Hmm. We know mm-hmm. we are. Mm-hmm. We know we're crazy. Mm-hmm. And that's really exciting to us. See? It's exciting because this is something that does not come from a selfish heart of desire. Mm-hmm. This is something that we can, would not do. We this. would not have chosen this on our own. Absolutely. And um, so that part of it was really exciting, mm. and it helped us point others to Jesus because mm. anyone who knew us well knew that um, we always wanted more children. But for us to choose this path this late in our life. Mm. Um, had to be from the Lord because our selfish desires would have been to do whatever was comfortable for ourselves. And um, So how old were you at this time when Madeline was 15? If Madeline was 15, then I was 35 because mm-hmm. I had her at 20. Mm-hmm. I lost 21. Um, so 
that's also part of our story too is, you know, we started a family much younger than we had anticipated. Mm. Um, so we felt, you know, at, at the point we decided to adopt, I was 35 and Eric was um, 41. Mm. And um, is that right? Yeah. He was just turning 41 and I was getting ready to be 36. Um you know, that's kind of, I mean, some people are just starting their family at right, that point right. these days, but we had a 15-year-old. Right. So that's what I try to tell people. So like, oh, we all are still young. We are. Yeah. But we also but, have a 15-year-old we've right. been raising. We've already been there, done that. Exactly. And here we go again. And here we go starting all over. <laughs> like heading, pushing one out and <laughs> getting another, getting another one. one. Um, so with all that, <coughs> with all that and thinking about she's 15 mm-hmm. and thinking about were you afraid? Were you terrified? Were you scared? You know. Or were you just like, let's go for it? There were things about it that were scary. Mm-hmm. Because it was completely out of my control. Mm-hmm. The adoption. The whole adoption journey mm-hmm. was completely out of my control. Right. But I think I told you before, too, when we started this journey... The thing with infertility is, you know, you have to take medicine at a certain time. You go to the doctor at a certain time. Mm. There's so much that relies Mm -hmm. on what we can control. Yep. And with adoption, um, it was all out of my control. Mm. And there was a freedom that came with that. Mm. There was a release that came with, you know what, Lord, there's nothing I can do to make this happen or not happen. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to follow where you lead, and I'm just going to trust you. Mm. And it was like a weight was lifted off my shoulders because it was a totally different journey that I could do nothing besides paperwork. I could do paperwork and turn it in and And then open my hands and say, okay, All right, Lord, here we are. You just do whatever you need to do, and we'll be here waiting. And that's what we did. I know you're enjoying hearing Dondra's story and um, the ups and downs and highs and lows of infertility and miscarriages and um, awaiting an adoption. So this is part one. So stay tuned for next week's episode for the conclusion of her story. And you're going to love it. So good. So good. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, we're all friends of a feather. Let's stick together. And I'll see you next time. Bloopers up next. And you have to start. (laughs) Y'all, the dog is chasing the cat. I love it. Welcome to the fight circus real life. Oh, goodness. Bye, guys.